0: Welcome to Back to Debbie, the only Debbie podcast brought to you by Campus to Cannon. We are your hosts. I'm Mike Valerie. This is Corey Pereira. And Corey, I was shocked and dismayed last week when the Debbie <laughs> debate called us out saying something like, you know, when shows run out of content, when they whip out the mock draft, you know, and then and then they just proceeded to talk about a video game for an hour. I, like the audacity. of that. I just can't believe they did that. And, and for our, our loyal listeners. I promise you I'll never talk about a video game on a sports podcast in my life, all right? <laughs> now, last week, we started with the three-round freshman mock draft. We're going to continue that mock draft so you guys understand our player values. You know, it's, it's a learning tool, okay? It's a value game. But we're going to be doing our two-player two profiles for the 2023 draft. And then we're going to do a little bit of a game, a little bit of a primer for the NFL Combine. But first, Corey with the news.
1: And spring practice is officially upon us this week with teams like uh, Michigan, Houston, Kansas, uh, Missouri, and Vanderbilt all starting their spring programs this week. Speaking of which, heading over to Michigan, uh, running back Blake Horam is expected to be out most of the spring, but he's expected to be full go by June. Um, If you'll remember, he suffered that knee injury close to the playoffs. I think he was out of the playoff game, if I remember correctly. Um, But yeah, so uh, hopefully he'll come back pretty strong there. Um, And then we had two wide receivers last week with some legal troubles. Well, we've got updates on those guys. Now heading over to Oregon wide receiver Trayshawn Holden first. He's been reinstated to the team. So whatever legal troubles he was dealing with, maybe the charges were dropped or whatever. I'm not too sure what's going on there, but he's back. Hopefully bounce back his value over there at Oregon after a kind of shaky season at Alabama last year. And then we head over to LSU where Malik Neighbors uh, was charged with uh, the gun possession last week. Those charges are expected to be dropped. So hopefully no long-term Effects for him um, standing from that charge, and then uh, with the combine week upon us, there are some notables who won't be participating in the, in the combine. Ole Miss running back Zach Evans, uh, TCU running back Andre Miller, um, UAB running back Dwayne McBride, uh, Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid, and Alabama quarterback Bryce Young won't be throwing, um, but he will be there for all the measurements and all the important stuff that we're really looking forward to uh, to seeing. Um, That about wraps up the news for this week. Uh, Just a reminder again that the NFL Combine is officially uh, underway uh, this week. Make sure you're keeping things uh, locked on the Campus Ken channel to make sure you don't miss a thing throughout this entire draft process. And speaking of Campus Ken, our one-of-a-kind freshman supplemental draft is officially live and can be purchased at the website. Um, it'll give you details on all this year's freshmen and really help you maneuver those tricky supplemental drafts coming up shortly in a lot of your C2C leagues and also be on the lookout for the Debbie guides going to come out soon, the CFF guides coming out soon. And really, we just got loads of off season season content coming your way. There's really never a better time to become a member over at campuscan.com and get the leg up on all your league mates.
0: Corey and I are in rare form tonight. We are we're going to be expanding our horizons and we are going to be talking about tight ends. In detail mm-hmm. for you know about five minutes, maybe a little bit longer, but we'll even talk tight ends a little bit later, too. But me and Corey are gonna talk about the toughest position to predict success in fantasy along every step of the way. It's hard to predict them coming out of high school, it's hard to predict them in college, and it transfers over to the NFL. But we are gonna suck it up. We are going to take the plunge, we are going to give the most in-depth analysis we've personally ever given on a tight end. Corey are you ready
2: let's get into it man I am ready for this week's player profiles we're going to talk tight ends and let's kick it off with Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer the projected tight end one in this 2023 draft class he is 6'4 265 and was the tight end two in his respective recruiting class behind Arik Gilbert he has been nothing short of excellent for Notre Dame he's one of the highest producing tight ends that campus can has in their database with a 2.39 yards per team pass attempt and a 1.87 yards per team pass attempt in the last two years he's a true junior leaving college right after his most productive season. He's an interesting case because the athleticism questions. My evaluation is a prototypical tight end with a great inline game as a junior. He'll be used as a probably traditional wide tight end at the next level and he'll be on the field early as an asset in the run game, an ex- extension of the offensive line, similarly to how he was used in Notre Dame's offense, which was, predominantly speaking, fairly run heavy. There are some questions around his blocking technique. I think that will prove it over time, as he is a high effort and high motor blocker. His questions mostly come from the average athleticism. It limits his ability after the catch. It limits his ability in his route running but I do think he's a player who could be a quarterback's best friend, a very reliable catcher of the football, a very good contested catch situation. I think he'll be heavily utilized around the goal line. The biggest question we have is what is his next level upside? Does the athleticism hold it back enough? Possibly. So I think we'll find out at the combine based on what he runs, but this is a court, a player who is 6'4, 265, and he will be utilized in the NFL. Lancerline compared him to Jason Witten. I think that is fair. I think they but Jason Witten was also a productive tight end for fantasy for a handful of years. Let's talk about the second tight end, uh, widely regarded as tight end two, and that is Dalton Kincaid, a very different type of player from Mare. He is 6'4-240. So 25 pounds lighter and athleticism is mostly his calling card. He is an interesting case because he, instead we saw mayor, a true junior Kincaid is actually a fifth year player who played two years at the university of San Diego, not San Diego state university, of San Diego, which is a division one school, but in the FCS, he was very productive in his last year. Uh, He split time, mostly at Utah with uh, another tight end, Brant Kuthi again, a very good player in his own right, but he's returning to Utah. This year we saw when Kuthi went down, Kincaid posted a 2.0 yards per team pass attempt, which again is excellent for a tight end. Anything over two in his fifth season, he posted 70 catches for 890 yards and eight touchdowns. Kincaid is a very good route runner. He's a mismatch for the NFL, given his ability to be almost any linebacker that they put on him. Uh, you know, most in the Pac-12 weren't particularly good coverage linebackers, so we saw a lot of him having massive games last year because he was borderline uncoverable given the offense that Utah was running and making him a focal point. His best trait, and you'll see this a lot from anyone who who's uh, really following or tweeting about these guys, his hands, his ball tracking are elite. Um, before he even entered the NFL, they're elite. He makes contested catches over the middle with relative ease. You see him just snag balls that most tight ends don't, or have at least trouble making those catches. He is a phenomenal ball tracker and his hands are excellent. Um, consistently making tough, these tough catches. It's not one off. It's every game you see him making these, these phenomenal receptions that really require a lot of concentration and skill. The issue with him is, you know, despite being a very high-end athlete, he's still small. Two hundred forty pounds is not big for a tight end. It will be on the smaller side of really any offense that he enters, uh, compared to the NFL si- size and general the position. It also hurts that he's lacking physicality. I-, I think that he is a player who very athletic, very good at getting open, but can easily be thrown off his routes. He he doesn't handle the physical aspect of the position super well so i i would be shocked if he ever became an inline tight end at any capacity he might never play more than 30 snap 30 percent of snaps from um in line and I, I think that even might be high he just isn't a good blocker and i don't think he'll ever really get there uh he didn't run many blocking. he didn't have a lot of blocking snaps last year um his play strength is going to be what holds him back and I think that's something that he can work on, uh, not being thrown off routes as as easily and and whatnot. But he will test great athletically. The question is, can he adapt to the next level, utilize his athleticism, and maybe just become a little bit stronger? If he can add a couple pounds, get in a training program in the NFL that he can get him maybe to 245, 250. I think that'd be really great for Kincaid. Both these players are excellent, and I expect both to be top 40 picks in the NFL draft. I think we're looking at a very, very strong tight end class, and these are just two guys who we really like over cams Can.
0: <sighs> Corey, we did it, man. I, I love the way you, you talked about those guys' weights and stuff and just how they're pro size. I love that. No, no, exactly. I love
1: the way you were talking about their blocking skills and and everything they do at the catch as well. You know, it's, it's an interesting group of tight ends this year.
0: Yeah, dude, I, in hindsight, we really should have brought on Chris Moxley. I, he loves talking tight ends. He's, yeah, honestly, might be one of the most knowledgeable tight end guys I know here at, at this company. We really should have brought Chris Moxley on. I'm thinking about Chris. Would, yeah, that would have been the smart move for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get back into this mock draft. Let's finish up. But before we do, I want to ask. Corey, a question here do you think we're getting into like my guy territory uh my last two picks of the last mock draft i believe were keon brown and jaron hamilton maybe maybe a combination of those two but those guys are kind of you know mid four star one to late four star do you feel like one do you feel like i'm reaching we probably do because we're on the same rankings but two do you feel like we're getting into uh getting into like the my guy territory kind of deviate from consensus
1: Oh, I absolutely do. And I actually think, too, that these recruiting sites kind of, they're basing it on different things. A lot of them are looking at how they can react on a college level. Like, for our purposes, we are looking at NFL potential as well. So, you know, things like size, things like program, all those things are very important to us. So I think that kind of skews the way we're looking at things. And at, at the end of the day, like, we haven't looked at, like, all of these guys either. So once you start getting towards like the end of these drafts, sometimes it's just the guys, you know, or feel good about knowing more so than some of the other guys or whatever. So, so yeah, I do think that this is more of the, the, my guy territory, but I also think that we're looking for different things.
0: Speak for yourself. I am a tag along member of the recruitment team. I I know a (laughs) lot of these names. All right. I have dug into them and I'm going to get back into it at the 401. I am taking Nichols Harbor, Nicholas Harbor, Nick Harbor, He's an athlete going to uh, South Carolina. He's going to be playing wide receiver there. He played some at the All-American Bowl. Watching his film, I thought he looked absolutely terrible. I think his footwork was, like, the worst I've ever seen in a long time. Uh, But he definitely looked a lot better at the All-American Bowl. And as far as on-paper athlete, like, that, this guy is is an amazing athlete. His comps for athletic comparison, you're talking about, like, a DK Metcalf type of guy. So – calvin johnson it, it he, he's he's that type of athlete so you're kind of banking on that upside and of course if you're banking on that upside at a at a fourth round value that's a value so i think in most of your rookie drafts he'll probably go much earlier than that um on top of going to south carolina i don't know their wide receivers coach i'm not ever really impressed or looking at their wide receiver core because i don't think they develop much into that section at all but um this this would be their golden ticket here the shade of Debo samuel man Oh man, I did forget about
2: <laughs> <you
1: know. laughs> uh, That's okay. But yeah, he's Nicholas Harbour's probably the biggest wild card in this draft, probably. And he will probably go earlier than this, but obviously, you know, me and Mike, we're not huge on tight ends. So he falls to this point. That's fine. I'd probably be fine taking a chance on him in this. Whoa, whoa, in this whoa, round
0: whoa. He's a wide receiver. Oh, wide receiver. Play, sorry. Wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: going to play wide receiver. So I guess what the projection kind of looks kind of like a more athletic Chase Claypool at this point, if you were to kind of put a label on him. Um, I still think that, you know, maybe by the time the draft comes around, he might be more of a tight end, but we'll see. This guy is super raw at the position. He could even end up at defensive end by the end of his college career. Everything doesn't really go to plan. So big as wild card here, uh, but a good spot to take him. So I'll head over to my 402, uh, and I'm going to take Texas commit wide receiver DeAndre Moore, who is an interesting guy. He's ranked in the top 20 for most recruiting services. Uh, Nice build at 5'11", 190 pounds. So pretty stout build for the size. Good speed to him. Uh, Ran a 10.900 meter time. We also have him recorded at 21.1 miles per hour, which is uh, some pretty good speed. Shows some good footwork speed, some good foot speed. Um, very fluid in his movements as well. Strikes me as a bit of a slot type, although he did do some work on the outside as well. But really, kind of with it, with the way he has those quick feet and can kind of uh beat leverages against um cornerbacks and stuff like that, I think that he would really excel in the slot. You know, I would have liked him a lot better. As well, if we didn't get um, Adonai Mitchell added over there as well, or if Xavier Worthy left, or if Jordan Whittington um, went to the draft from Texas as well. Um, so I am a little bit worried about him breaking any of those year one zero 0 thresholds with, with the amount of bodies there. But if he can manage to, he has a pretty decent situation with Texas. Um, they're going to be joining the SEC. Um, really solid recruiting class this cycle as well, and some nice talent to look forward to.
0: I do think you addressed it a little bit. But are you are you concerned about how crowded that wide receiver room is getting on as a freshman? Because I I liked him a lot. I thought his skill set was like comparable to like a Khalil Shakir, um, mm-hmm. but I, I I was a little bit discouraged by how crowded that room is now. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely too too crowded now for
1: me to really wear. And then like, you've got Jonte Cook, who, if you guys want more on him, you know, look at some of our past shows, but who we are also very high on top three guy in the class at wide receiver for us. So it's like, if you're going to bank on one wide receiver to break the mold in this crowded wide receiver room, it's probably going to be him, but who knows? Injuries pile up, um, things happen. And you're here in the fourth round with a guy, you like the talent, you take the shot and you see what happens. But it, there is definitely a risk here that
0: he doesn't really break any of those year one thresholds. All right, let's get into my fourth three here. I'm going to pick Isaiah August, August Dave. I really want to say Augustave. I know Matt corrected me last show, but <laughs> I just changed your name. Man. Everyone changes your name. It's okay. It's just, right. Is the running back going to Arkansas? He's a great runner, like a really good runner. I'm just worried about uh, his lack of receiving profile coming out of high school. It's just non existent. Doesn't. I've never seen him catch a pass. I don't even see stats of him catching a pass. Uh, so I'm just worried that he just has zero hands and. Not saying that he can't develop them in college, but he's definitely not starting with, he doesn't have a head start. He's starting behind the eight ball there. So I'm worried about his, his pass catching uh, ability here, but I think he's one of the better runners in this group. And I think four, three feels pretty good for me too, actually he has a good value here. So Isaiah Augustive, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. And a pretty interesting situation
1: there at Arkansas. Sanders will probably be leaving uh, next year. Uh, Rashad Dominion had some nice moments this year when he when he did get some uh, solid playing time. AJ Green never turned out really what we wanted, but it'll kind of be open there uh, after 2024 depending on what some of these guys do this year to kind of prove themselves. So an interesting grab there. I know a guy that Matt really likes uh, quite a bit as well, and uh, I'm going to head over to my 4.4 who I think Matt also likes quite a bit, but it's four star wide receiver heading over to Washington and Lions. Lyons, um, six Three hundred seventy, so very slender at that weight. Um, definitely one of my biggest concerns there. So we're gonna want to see some weight added there. But one of the faster wide receivers um, that the that the uh, recruiting team has recorded at twenty two point two miles per hour. So this guy's blazing. Huge athletic upside. Um, he's a track athlete. He also jumped uh, as well for track. So. Definitely has some spring in his step as well. Not a guy who ran like a super extensive route tree, but he did play all over the lineup. Um, and again, I would have been more excited about the Washington landing spot if some of those guys left this year, like McMillan and Romo Dunze. Um, but unfortunately, both of them return. and they also got Sean Polk there, who's probably... Going to still have a pretty solid role, so it's going to be tough to kind of break some of those year one zero thresholds again. That's kind of the point we're getting to at the fourth in the fourth round. Here is a lot of guys that are kind of on that line if they can. But this is a very good offense. Could be in some blowouts as well. Maybe we see some guys get on the field at the end, um, at, at the end of games during those blowouts. So I have some faith you can possibly flash a little bit with that speed um, and hopefully break some of those year one zero thresholds.
0: You also get to see some of his blocking on tape, too. And for a guy uh, that skinny, I was pretty excited actually seeing him, like, you know, yeah. some blocking tape out there. I'm like, I guess this guy likes to block, too. And like, pretty
1: pretty cool. effective on, like, screens as well. Like, he has some, some good play strength for a guy who is, like, 170 pounds. Like, he really does do pretty well with the play strength. But, again, how, is that going to
0: translate to the next level at that weight? We'll have to wait and see. So, at the 4-5, I stick with the same program. But I'm taking the recent reclass quarterback in Austin Mac who is already a young guy for his, his class already. So I think he's like turning 17 coming to college. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, he's a guy that I've listened to the recruitment team kind of debate and talk about. I haven't heard any definitive thoughts here, but they all think this kid is somewhat special. They're just trying to figure out how special he is. Uh, Love the coaching system. I love the coach. I love Kalen DeBoer and his offense. Penix will be leaving next year. This will be a great time for Mac to inherit the system. Now, at his young age, I'm sure he's going to struggle with with game speed early on and might be more like a, a Quinn Ewer situation here where even after, even going to his second year, you're kind of like wavering a little bit on knowing what he is. But I, this is an upside pick, and I really do like this pick here. I, the program, the opportunity will be there. We just got to see if the player can get the traits together. So Austin Mack, uh, quarterback for Washington.
1: Yeah. And it's a really interesting pick. And this kind of happened like in the middle of this draft as well. I'm pretty sure like um, that. He just all of a sudden decided to reclassify to this year. And he's a guy that I still haven't had the time to look in on too much yet because of the reclassification. I'm still busy catching up on all the rest of the guys. So um interesting pick there and probably a value here at the fourth round. We'll see where he ends up going by the time uh, the offseason finishes. But at four Oh six, I'm going to head over to Florida commit Aiden Mizell um and i'm going back here again to the well of the size speed specimens um although this one is a little bit more of the modern day size you know at the 6 280 pounds so right around that trendy size that's that uh that we see in the nfl right now um a guy that we at the uh, c2c have clocked at 21.6 miles per hour another guy with a track background as well so definitely some athletic upside there um can really take the top off of defense um excels vertically has some nice movement skills and space as well i think um because i was just looking at this on on three um recently I think they kind of nailed it when they compared this guy to Jamison Williams very very type of very similar type of skill set I think the biggest question is going to be what he looks like um after he lost his senior season to to injury this past year and what his situation looks like at Florida I mean it, it it's a room that's fairly wide open in the wide receiver core but it's been pretty unproductive for the past few years um right now I guess we are assuming that it's Graham Mertz throwing the ball to him. So some questionable um, talent there. Uh, if you can get him the ball uh, a lot of the time. So we'll see who ends up being the quarterback there. I guess that's a guy right now that's kind of in the driver's position. So it's just a decent upside guy here. Um, I think he has the right situation to break some of those year one zero thresholds because nobody in that room is really inspiring right now. But it just continues to disappoint um, from a Debbie angle, Florida wide receiver. So we'll have to see if he can kind of buck the trend there.
0: I like it. Uh, I'm going to go over here to UNC, taking Chris Cole over here at the 407. Uh, Chris finished his senior season. Let me, let me tell you these numbers 80 receptions for 1,809 yards and 26 receiving touchdowns. And now, again, it's North Carolina competition because if he did this at Florida, California, or Texas, he'd probably be a top 10 pick here. Uh, but extremely productive. Love to see it. Six foot three, 175, a bit slender plays basketball and uh, ran an 11 0 400 meter dash for, for track as a junior. I don't have any senior times, uh, but uh, I like him as an athlete. I really do. I think he can hopefully bring it together here at UNC. The room's pretty barren outside of uh transfer. Devontae Walker, who's going to only be there for one year. Um, but you know, Andre Green didn't quite work out. And uh, I know there's some pace fans out there, but besides that, there's really no one else in this room. So, Hopefully, he gets on the field early. He already has a Heisman quarterback, you know, caliber player throwing to him. So, Chris Culliver is my pick at the 407.
1: Yeah, interesting. Uh, a pick there and a room that we are kind of looking for those next options who are going to step up because we really don't know. But we know the guy throwing the ball can definitely get them the ball. So, <laughs> we'll have to see who kind of steps up there. And at 408, I'm going to head over to a running back, back to the running back well for me. And I'm going to take Auburn commit Jeremiah Cobb. Um, this guy was a four-star kid, very productive in high school, um, put up some good stats, catching the ball as well. 40 catches and over 900 yards the past two years through the air alone. Um, I was actually kind of surprised when I saw the 21.5 mile per hour time that we have in our database, because he didn't quite strike me as a burner or the quickest short area guy, but it wasn't an issue. I'm not going to say it was an issue or anything, but I, I was a little bit surprised that he actually hit those top speeds. So it's nice to see that he has that athletic upside, even though if I didn't think it definitely showed itself all the time. Um, he's 5'11", 185. So he's on the smaller side, almost to the cutoff point where I won't even look at the guy, but he's just on that borderline of 185. I still see a, feasible, like a reasonable path to him getting to that 200 mark. Um, but he almost gave me like dollar store, Jamarian Miller vibes from last year. You know, a guy who's just a really good all-around player. Um, maybe not the same athletic upside or maybe not to the same extent that Miller was, but still a really solid all-around player who can do a little bit of everything. And you got Auburn, which is an interesting situation there. Hunter's obviously going to profile as the lead guy this year. Um, you got some, a couple freshmen from last year who are interesting. Um, they brought in a transfer to, I can't remember his name, Beatty or something like that. Um, but it's kind of been a struggling team the last two years. It could be an ugly committee. Or it could be a situation where the cream kind of rises to the top, and maybe that's going to be Jeremiah Cobb. So we'll see what happens here. But I'm happy taking the chance here in the fourth.
0: Yeah, they bring in Brian Batty from uh, USF, right? He's like 175, five foot nine, tiny guy, but definitely put up some big numbers at USF. Uh, for my pick here at the 409, I go to Shamar Porter, uh, Kentucky wide receiver, six foot three, two hundred, uh, featured on our summer freak list the dude's just a great athlete his father is his personal trainer so he's got that competitor in him uh didn't really improve much going from junior to senior year that's the main flag here for me but I still think he's a better prospect than Dane Key was coming out uh so uh, as far as size guys Kentucky has I think two on the roster I don't think either one of those guys has ever touched the field though so uh they still need a big boundary type of wide receiver and I think Shamar might be able to fill that void Back of year one, but I, I do think it's a very good pathway. I'm playing, and, and Kentucky is hopefully, hopefully becoming a <laughs> a transfer destination because we we can't we can't get quarterbacks for our life for recruiting. So hopefully, become we become a hot destination type school. But uh, four hundred nine, Shamara Porter. Yeah, nice pick there for you. The Kentucky guy had
1: to be you. I almost just didn't even think about him because I was just letting you have him, so that's fine. <laughs> back to the fourth, man, back to yeah, the fourth. Yeah, had to let you have him. But at 4'10", I'm heading back to the quarterback well, and I think this would only be my third quarterback or fourth quarterback this entire draft. And I'm taking Aiden Childs, an Oregon State commit um 64 195 pounds so a little bit slender but but close to the size that we want to see. It's a guy with a, some some uh some skills as a rusher. Can do some things on the move as well which is was pretty nice to see. Surprisingly like as a rusher good contact balance for someone as slight as he is. Really seemed to like bounce off tackles, um get through arm tackles at times as well, but um I will say the one thing with him for me is it's just the mechanics. For me like he has a very loopy throwing motion. Um he kind of Drops that ball down a lot, kind of cuts the release a little bit short. I want to see him really kind of get that motion over the top, um, probably help out his power a little bit, probably help out the accuracy a little bit. Footwork is a little bit all over the place. And so he definitely falls into that project bucket for me. But this is kind of like the Evan Prater type thing where I kind of fell in love with this as well with Prater. That didn't work out, obviously. (laughs) So hopefully this won't be another situation like that. But he has the athletic upside. He has the the arm talent and everything else you want to see like that. He'll have a chance to sit behind um, DJU over there, kind of refine his command, uh, his uh, mechanics as well. So I think there's some good upside here to take a shot in the fourth round, but there's definitely some risk in this pick.
0: Yeah, I thought he made huge steps going from junior to senior year. I think he got a quarterback coach out of junior year and mm-hmm. thought he made pretty big strides and improvement. Uh, love the pick. I'm going to... The real wide receiver that I like out of Florida, way more than like Mizell. And that's going to be uh Kijin Wilson III. <laughs> uh, I think the dude can be a quick twitch separator. It has He's a skinny guy. but Wait, wait, wait. Stuff. You
1: almost you almost didn't even let Matt talk about him because you almost cut
0: him off completely off the I list. Thought, we I, I had him mixed up face. with the Miami <laughs> recruit. I want to thank Nathaniel you know, Joseph. There's a guy that's 5'8", like 160. Yeah. I got him mixed enough. up with a Miami recruit. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I did my due diligence and I went back and I was like, "All right, I'll bump him up my rankings a little bit. <laughs> I do think Eugene has the opportunity to be, op- <laughs> opportunity to be a quick twitch separator. Corey already broke down the situation there. It's not looking great, but uh, there's no one really in that wide receiver room that we think has a Debbie skill set. So we're kind of taking shots deep here at an SEC program. You know, you want us to get the lead receiver in SEC program.
1: Yeah. So at the 412 here, I'm going to head to, this is definitely a little bit of my guy territory now, you know, I'm a Georgia fan. Um, I I take a look at a lot of their recruits. I was kind of high. I was kind of high on Dylan Bell last year um, for right or for wrong purposes. He did beat some of those year one thresholds um, last year, but I think he was outside the 300. So he definitely didn't fall in the parameters I think, but at 412, I'm heading back to the well for a guy who's ranked higher, who, who will fall into the thresholds. And that's Tyler Williams. Um, Headed over to Georgia. He's arguably, I would say, the most raw wide receiver on this list, which does scare me a little bit. Uh, almost a little bit reminis- reminiscent of like Chris Marshall last year, but almost a little bit like even more raw than that. A guy who uh, converted to wide receiver in his junior year, um, then fully committed to it uh, as a senior. Um, didn't put up gaudy stats like Marshall did in his final year, but did rush for over a hundred yards and a touchdown as well as putting up, I think about 500 receiving yards. Um, was there a threat as a return guy as well? and just seems like a guy who's just scratching the surface on what his potential could be. This guy's 6'3", 205 pounds, a so really nice build there, uh, clocked at 20.5 or 20.9 miles per hour by a recruitment team, so plenty of speed there. Um, he joins a room that could potentially need some bigger bodies on the outside with Adonai Mitchell leaving to Texas. Um, Dominic Lovett they brought in is more of a slot. Uh, Rara Thomas they also brought in is having some legal troubles hanging over his head, so we're not sure where he's going to stand right now. Um, I, I think that it will be tough to break those year one zero thresholds, but this team gets in a lot of blowouts as well. And he could see some time in mop-up duty similar to how Dylan Bell did last year uh, and actually broke some of those thresholds. So I'm going to take the risky upside pick here in Tyler Williams and see what happens. I actually only recently looked into this guy. So um, the more I look into him, he could kind of rise or drop for me for now. But for now, this feels like a decent spot to kind of take the shot on him.
0: All right, let's do a recap of the fourth round. We went 401, Nicholas Harbor, the... Uh, athlete going to play wide receiver at uh, South Carolina. He profile's a lot better for an edge rusher. At the 402, we go to DeAndre Moore at Texas. 403, Isaiah Gustave going to Arkansas. 404, we got Tayshawn Lloyds, the speedster, going to Washington. 405, we go back to Washington and get their young quarterback, Austin Mack, the future of the program. 406, we have the least exciting of the Florida uh wide receivers and Aiden myself <laughs> <laughs> At the the 407, we got Chris Culver, uh, ultra productive North Carolina wide receiver staying home and going to UNC. At the 408, we got Jeremiah Cobb, 409, we got Shamar Porter, 410, we got Aiden Childs, quarterback for Oregon State, playing behind DJU. I don't know how long will that last. But anyway, <laughs> uh and then we got four eleven we got the real Florida wide receiver at Hugh Jean Wilson the third, and then at the four twelve we got georgia wide receiver Tyler williams and I am back on the clock at the five oh one I'm gonna go with another yeah this is, we're in my guy territory I'm going <laughs> with jamarion with jamarion wilcox this is this is where running backs to me has a massive drop off so jamarion wilcox he's he's listed at different heights i believe he's in the five nine to five ten range. 195 so he's almost already at that size that we like he's a complete back i don't think he does anything at an elite level though is the issue he does everything just really well uh goes to kentucky kentucky doesn't have uh like an heir apparent and they always kind of produce day three running backs that's kind of what they do uh we got raymond davis who's in there he's gonna be there for only one year um, and then go to a senior citizen home. But we got – and then it's going to be Wilcox, I think, for the next year. Assuming another high-range transfer is going to come in, it should be Wilcox because I'm just banking on the complete skill set here. But, again, athleticism, not really there. The high-end trades, I'm not really seeing either. I'm just seeing a very solid CFF producer on this one.
1: Hey, these these old guys like Ramon Davis, they have options now, man. They could go lead the XFL in rushing. They could go lead the USFL in rushing. USFL, he might not even yeah. he might not go to a to a senior citizen. Oh, so uh yeah, de- decent pick <laughs> there. I know I know that you've been pretty big on him, but another one here, Kentucky guys. We we went back to back there on uh, team loves there. Um but at 502, I'm gonna head in a different direction. I'm gonna go with a running back at uh, USC by the name of Amarion Peterson. Um, really nice build at six to 210 pounds as per the USC website, because I believe he was listed at six foot 200 as a recruit. So, um, he's already checking that, that, that box as a freshman about good size. Um, a guy who really reads the line well, kind of decisive, um, kind of profiles as that one cut downhill back, you can get uphill quick or uh, downfield quickly. Um, very physical, probably not the kind of guy who's going to like string together multiple moves, uh, in the open field, but still a guy who can burn, Um, clocked at 21.5 miles per hour by a recruiting team, which is a great time Uh, outstanding junior season over 1800 yards, almost 30 touchdowns against pretty good competition. Uh, When we did do our sleeper show though, Matt, uh, AKA big wide receiver guy did bring up the small sample of the senior tape. Um, only two games played, I believe, while battling the injuries. But he said that he did look a little bit more sluggish and weighed down than the previous season. So that's definitely going to raise a few questions. I'm hoping it was just more so than taking injuries and maybe just didn't look like himself. But we'll kind of see what happens here at USC. Going to a good offense, um, it is kind of crowded right now, but he could make an impact as soon as 2024. Like, like, me personally, like, I think he profiles as the best early down back there right now after Marshawn Lloyd leaves. So, um, we'll look to 2024 to make, to see if he can make an impact. But yeah, I like Amari Peterson here at 502.
0: At the 503. I told you guys, Corey and I were in rare form tonight. I will be talking about <laughs> our third tight end of the night. And I'm going to bring up Andrew Rappelier. Uh, first team, all last name. I'll tell you what, Rappelier. Uh, I don't think he falls this far <laughs> if you were mock drafting with more than just me and Corey. Uh and <laughs> in our industry mock that we did with, I think it was almost like nine guys from Camus Ken. he went in the back of the third round. I just have to say that. But here at the 503, I'm taking Andrew Yeah. He's our tight end too, or maybe he isn't. I don't know. Gotcha got that that freshman guy, but he is a tight end that that we're uh we're pretty excited about as an athlete, as a player going to Penn State. Uh Penn State, again, is always taking in transfers. They don't seem to be able to develop their own talent lately uh i can't really say that actually uh, parker washington's going to the draft Jahan Dots was just last year uh, we're just not positive about the future of development there but Rappelier is a tight end going to penn state great athlete decent player too so give me give me all the rappelier at the 503
1: yeah and mike has taken all the tight ends this draft i don't know how many we've taken is that our third one in this draft entirely think i'm not
0: it's our second one
1: dude it's our third second second one. One. yeah i guess so yeah <laughs> i never touched tight end but anyways heading on to my 504 uh this one's gonna be an interesting one okay because i'm going with oregon commit uh running back dante dowdle who's actually a a top 10 ranked back across most services but our recruiting team is super low on him i can't remember the exact number uh that he's ranked at but he's definitely got to be close to like running back 20 or even more in our recruiting team's ranking so um this isn't meant to throw shade at that at all. Um, but he brings some interesting thing to, things to the table that I kind of like, right? We're talking about good size. He's 6'2", 210 pounds. So he brings that to the to the table. Uh, really productive against uh, decent competition as well. Over 2,000 rushing yards the past two seasons. Averaged eight yards per carry in both. Um, brings a really nice pad level of physicality to his running style. Good vision off the line. Decisive when he wants to get downhill. I think obviously the biggest red flag, and I think I've kind of noticed this as well with with our recruiting team guys who are maybe don't have the raw speed. A lot of guys <laughs> end up a little bit lower on him, and he definitely falls into that bucket a little bit. He he has some pretty lackluster track times. So he's got like a twenty four second two hundred meter, which is pretty high um i think our team has him clocked at 20.5 miles per hour as well which is on the lower side of this class as well so the foot speed only looks okay um but honestly it didn't stop him from ripping off ripping off big gains um but unless he can like drastically improve his speed over his time in college it's definitely going to be a point of contention when the time comes but i'm still willing to take the shot here and see what happens recruiting services love this kid so um We'll have to see what kind of time he can get over there at Oregon. There's some bodies over there, like Jordan James is a guy I really like. Irving's going to be the guy this year, but he could make an impact as soon as 2024 if everything kind of goes as planned. And with his high ranking, I think in the fifth round, I'm willing to take a shot and just see where this goes.
0: At the 505, uh, look, so I, at this pick, before I say the player's name, he's not <laughs> my next quarterback in rankings, but I just wanted to mention him because we don't talk about him ever. It's, it's Lenora Sellers quarterback going to uh South Carolina. And the reason why I wanted to bring him up uh was because if I had to like anoint the best like dual threat quarterback in this class, I, I think it might have to be lenora Sellers. I'm not really sure how good of a dual threat he's gonna be. Like I, I'm not projecting to be a, a Hertz, Anthony Richardson type of guy, but I do think he is the best uh dual threat coming out so far. So and he goes to South Carolina who once uh, Spencer Rattler leaves. I think I think it's all him. So Lenore Sells is my 505 here. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. And at 506, I'm heading to a guy that, that Matt put me on um, a couple weeks ago uh, during our show as well. Um, and that's um, vandrevius Jacobs heading over to Florida State. This um, so wasn't a guy that I looked at, at previously, pretty, pretty lowly ranked, but he joins a room over at Florida state that doesn't have much at wideout. out. Um, he's six foot 170. So a little slender, but has a burning 21.2 miles per hour time from our recruiting team. Uh, Florida state is a team that has lacked a little bit of an explosive element to their, to their rising offense. I want to say, you know, he had, um, what's his name last year, the big kid. I can't remember his, his name right now. Um, the seven foot seven guy, um johnny wilson johnny wilson thank you yes thank you yeah sorry six foot seven but uh more of your contested catch guy not a guy who, who brings a lot of speed to to that offense as well um so that he could definitely fit into this offense um you do have Hakeem williams going there as well which is going to create a little bit of uh, uh, of um ambiguity there between the two who's going to get on the field who can potentially break those year one zero thresholds? But if we're looking at twenty twenty four, a lot of team, a lot of people are kind of uh, loving the way this offense is trending. They're loving the way their recruitment class is trending. So in twenty twenty four, these two guys could become a really nice complement to each other. Um, and and Vendrevious is definitely more of the dynamic playmaker. If he can kind of refine his game a little bit, he'd be a nice complement to Hiking Williams as more of like the outside big bodied threat in twenty twenty four, if everything kind of goes to plan for them.
0: I actually like the pick a lot. I really do. At the 507, I will go with uh Houston wide receiver pilot. Uh you heard us oogle for a lack of a better word. We we oogled over uh the Houston wide receivers going to uh <laughs> the Houston commits. So um I, I do like this player a lot. I think he can develop into a nice route runner. Uh Matthew Golden's obviously there, he should be the one next year. And then I think it's kind of wide open after him. I don't really know who the other vets are, honestly. Uh, I should probably get to know that a little better here. But we do like the Houston guys coming in. And Mikaela is my first one. Uh, and they're making the jump to the Power 5, too. So got, he gets to have that tag as well. Yeah, I like
1: I like to pick a versatile guy. He's done a lot of different things as well when I was taking a look yeah. at him um but uh, at 508 i'm going to head over to LSU and talk about a guy by the name of Jalen Brown wide receiver commit over there um uh, i kind of started this draft by taking like some technicians in the first few rounds and then i went with like the size speed specimens in the middle of the round and now i'm just going to finish it off with with a couple speedsters here at the end you know with jacobs and now with brown um and, you know it's it's the one thing we know the nfl likes right That's speed um He's 5'11", 170 pounds. So another guy who's a little bit on the smaller side, but this guy can absolutely burn. 10.6 in the 100-meter dash as a track athlete, uh, 21.3 miles per hour recorded by our team. Um, he's, he's the type of guy that can get downfield in a hurry, take the top off of defense. He's a little reminiscent of Jalen Hyatt, who's entering the draft this year. A little bit of a straight-line speedster who doesn't really dazzle that much in the open field or or do a ton in the middle of the field. Um, but he's a great field stretcher. Can help clear out the middle for for a team or or help hit a chunk play down the field kind of guy, you know, So I'll take the speedy Jalen Brown here and uh, hope that he can turn some of that speed into some draft capital when the day comes.
0: So just talked about Matthew Golden. I go to Matthew Golden's high school and grab his teammate Jalen Smith, uh, a late riser, um, mostly because he had to play numerous positions, including like a wildcat quarterback. So he didn't get enough time playing just wide receiver. But man, did he take off this year? Jalen Smith is going to uh, Washington, not Washington, excuse me, Michigan State, uh, along with Sam Levitt. Uh, there's not a lot of technician talent there, and I think he can be that guy for them in the intermediate and short area. Uh, they definitely have a lot of field stretchers there, a lot of big men there, but I think in the middle is where he can make his money. Uh, and this actually, I think, is our first three star, by the way. Just saying. So, um, Jalen Smith, wide receiver. Jalen, Jalen Smith. Yep, yeah, sorry, Jalen Smith, wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have another three star here coming up right at the end
1: with my last pick. But until then, we're starting going to 510. And we're talking about another Houston guy, the guy that I like as the best guy. Um, and that is Jonah Wilson. Uh, he's a four star who was a, comfor- a converted quarterback in the second half of his sophomore season in high school. And um, Went to full-time wide receiver in his junior season. He kind of produced modest numbers. But then his senior season, he just blew up. Over 1,300 yards, 13 touchdowns, um, five kickoff returns. returned one of them for a touchdown, so a good ratio there. Um, Our team has him clocked at 20.9 miles per hour. This guy with, you know, really nice start ability, um, really impressive ball tracking ability, especially for a guy who's a converted quarterback. So he had some of those things that really popped out on tape for me. Was originally committed to Texas, ends up at Houston, um, it was kind of speculated that he, he, he flipped over there because of the potential of the early playing time. Like we were talking about with Houston, they don't really have much outside of Matthew golden. So, you know, there's a, there's a good chance maybe one or even two of these freshmen can make an early impact, you know, similar to the way golden did last year, you know, and, and for what it's worth, I am going to say, I believe the recruiting team is on my side with this one with Jonah being the higher ranked wider receiver for them. So I'm going to take that as a win for me with Jonah Smith here at
0: 5.1 or 5.10. He also did get scouted by Brian Hartline from, from Ohio State, you know, the, the man himself.
1: Yeah, see so you're pumping you're you're pumping him up too, man. It's time, it's time to come to the dark side.
0: I like them both. I, I was one yeah, of the it's original true. Jonah guys. I like them yeah. both. They are interesting. Right, they would th- complement each other nicely, actually, the two of them. Yeah, they would. I'm gonna get on to my last pick here. I'm gonna talk about Austin Novus at the 5'11 Uh Oregon commit uh quarterback, Oregon quarterback uh he's a guy that i almost had as high as my qb6 at one point in time i just keep lowering him a little bit each time i don't know why it, it just is every time i look at him i don't i don't know i don't see the specialness anymore you just kind of see just a guy that's decent and everything so uh but again love the system at oregon he's clearly the future there ty Ty, not ty simpson who's the guy that's last name is up there it's been there for way too long
1: Ty uh thompson Ty Thompson,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, so Ty Thompson is just clearly not the future that they thought he was going to be. Uh, but I do believe Austin Novosad, sitting behind Bo Nix for one year, uh, should be able to take over year two. It's going to be kind of exciting for him. But Austin Novosad is my pick here at the
1: 5'11". Yeah, and he kind of had a good all-star circuit, if I remember correctly. Kind of flashed a little bit the lead 11s. I think, wasn't he a late call-up to some of the lead 11s, too? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I, just he went, I
0: know Matt Bruning went in person. I fell in love with him, this, this guy, so... Yeah, that's Uh, probably some of our some of our attachment to him a
1: little bit as well, because, you know, I mean, we're not groupthink, but then at the same time, we're in we're all in group chats together and we talk about these guys and stuff like that. So you kind of get a little bit of what everybody's saying and it kind of informs your opinion as well. So an interesting guy they're going as well. But I generally agree with you that nothing really popped out on tape with him for me. So, um heading over to the last pick of our draft. And this is the the other three-star guy that I was talking about. A guy that I'm a little bit higher on than some other guys out there. Um and I'm going to talk about Louisville commit Keon Brown running back um going over there. Um, you know, there was a lot of different places I could have gone here, but I kind of just want to talk about this guy Um, brings great size to the table, um, which is one of the things that always catches my eye uh, right off the bat when I'm looking at these recruiting rankings. So this guy's five, nine, two Oh five, super productive high school career. Like one of the most productive backs in the class, back to back seasons of over 3000 scrimmage yards. Um, for these past two years, caught almost 70 balls in his career as well. Really nice low center of gravity, squatty kind of guy, lower half, uh, squatty lower half, um, bounces off tacklers, slips ankle tackles. Um he's just not going to be the kind of guy who's going to hit you with like a hard jump cut or, or dazzle you with a bunch of moves in the open field, but he still shows off some nice creativity, you know, some patience, some tempo contact balance, the footwork. Um, he's returned a few kicks as well. Uh, now our team has them clocked at 20.5 miles per hour, which, you know, same thing I just did with Dante Dowdle. It's not a great time. It's okay, but it's not something that rarely stands out about his game, but the situation, right? We're looking over at Louisville loses three members of its backfield. They do return to our Jordan, who was, I think they're leading rusher last year, but he's a fifth-year player. Didn't really overly impress me that much this year. Um, so you bring in a new staff as well. You're, he was coming in with a clean slate. I really think there's a chance that Kiwan could could get some early playing time, given his lengthy resume and this experience that he has. I think we could see him on the field in year one, and I think that's always a positive reflection on their potential debut value.
0: Let's wrap up that mock draft at the 501, we do have three star. I was misspoken earlier. Three star Jamal, Jamarion Wilcox going to Kentucky. Hopefully, the future running back there. At the 502, we got a Marion Peterson running back going to USC. At the 503, we get a big yay for Andrew Rappelier, tight end, going to Penn State. At the 504, we got running back Dante Dow going to Oregon. the 505, we have the best. Dual threat, athlete, dual threat athlete. Excuse me, dual threat quarterback coming out this year, going to South Carolina and Lenore Sellers at the 506. We got Van Jacobs, uh, an FSU commit that is deep, but I think we're all excited about him. At the 507, we got Mikhail Harris and Pilot Houston commit, uh, versatile athlete, multi-dimensional threat here. At the 508, we have Jalen Brown. I honestly forgot where he's going. Corey, where is he going? He's going to LSU. <laughs> <laughs> Uh the five way we got Jalen Brown at the 509, Jalen Smith, uh high school teammates to Matthew Golden, late riser, just because he couldn't play full-time wide receiver, but guys commit to, to Michigan State. At the 510, we got Jonah Wilson, another Houston wide receiver. At the 511, we have Austin Novasad, quarterback for Oregon. And at the 512, wrapping it up, we got uh Kejan Brown. Uh rumored that He's the reason that Ruben Owens had to transfer out. I'm just saying. Some people are saying this, man. Some people are in the yes, streets. Yes, start
1: this. the narrative. Start the narrative. <laughs> uh,
0: but that wraps up our our freshman mock drafts. If if you guys are interested in hearing more about any of these names, because I'm trying to give just short like two liners for these mock drafts, you guys have to check out that freshman guide. It's twenty dollars if you're not a member. um, I'm sure guys will be doing giveaways here in the following weeks too, but no one has been more accurate with their freshmen than, than our recruitment team. I mean, they're better than the recruit, than the uh, recruiting services. It's just, I love their product. It's something I'm going to read. I'm be staying up all night reading that thing. It's going to be awesome. And tune in, tune in tomorrow at seven o'clock. I think they're doing a a like release show, I believe at seven o'clock on YouTube. So check that out as well. But again, wraps up our freshman mock draft. Now, Corey, let's head on over Back to the 2023 class. We had the Combine coming up. It's actually Combine this week right now. Uh, nothing's mm-hmm. going on today, but it, all the events kick off at the later end of the week. Uh, but I'm excited to get into these weigh-ins. Uh, let's start off with who stands the most to gain from a strong performance. Corey, give me give me a name.
1: Yeah, for me, um, I think I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigma for my first guy here. And this one really just comes down to the testing because i mean he's locked into probably a first round pick maybe he slips into the second i don't know that for sure i know some of the reports on him have been a little bit um, polarizing from a lot of the nfl draft analysts but i think if he comes out here and, and shows out better than we expect athletically puts some of those athletic concerns to rest he could end up as high as the wide receiver one in this class that's a, that's a big if though but if he can kind of you know, rest our mind on some of those athletic concerns. I think he could really end up that high in this class with a strong performance here.
0: I don't know if I like the call-out for strong performance. I feel like he's already a lock for a first-round pick
1: if he didn't even show up. I don't know if he's a lock for – not the stuff that I read. I mean, I don't think that he's a lock. It sounds like there's enough people that are, like, iffy on him to really know. There's people that are super strong on him, but there's people that are, like, kind of iffy. And, you know, I still think he probably ends up a first-round pick. But then again, like – you could jump up all the way to wide receiver one, which I think which I think is, you still win from that.
0: Okay, well, you're, it sounds like you're reading garbage, but I'll go on to, to my <laughs> pick here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go on to uh, Keishon Boutte is who I have as my number one guy here who needs strong performance. He's He was once debated as the wide receiver one along with JSN uh, until this past year hit, and it looked like a lot of off-field issues. You know, uh, the quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels, Underthrows his receivers, the playbook changed. Brian Kelly comes in and claims he doesn't even know his name. And it's just, just a lot of off. And and then the bowl game fiasco. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A lot of off field distractions. Um, And then he comes off ankle surgery as well. So uh, there are questions if he doesn't have it as an athlete anymore. So this will put those questions to bed. If he has a good performance, no one's going to bring up that injury ever again.
1: Okay, for
0: my second guy,
1: I'm actually going to talk about UCLA running back Zach Charbonnet um, because he's really like the one guy at 220 at the top of this class because like I talked about at the top of the class uh, or at the top of the show, Kendra Miller is not going to be doing drills at this thing. So this is really your big size back who can really flash at this combine now has the production to back it up, has the all around game to back it up. If he comes in as a high end athlete, I think his chance to climb boards, you know, a low four, four number, a decent vert, uh, like a nice shuttle time. All those things could go a long way in solidifying Charbonnet as like a round two prospect at worst, instead of being muddled in with like plenty of other day two candidates. where really like, nobody's like standing out. You're not sure where to go, but given his size and his potential speed profile, I think he could climb as high as like RB four, RB five in this class and be drafted in the second round.
0: I like that. I do. I really do. It, um, let's go on over to uh, my next guy here. It's going to be Cedric Tillman here. Uh, he is locked in my wide receiver six in this class. A little bit forgotten. He was amazing last year. I kind of have a similar story education on Boutte where they were amazing before, uh, before injuries. Uh, but he was amazing last year. A thousand yard receiver, 200 yards against that 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 epic Georgia defense. I mean, he put up 200 yeah. yards against that Georgia defense. One of the best defenses probably in this last 20 years. I mean, just amazing. And then he backs it up with an 150 yard performance against Alabama's defense. I mean, he's dunking on really strong competition. And for a guy that's six foot three, I think he's a much better mover than people give him credit for. So I'm excited for him to show that on display he did get the invite to the senior bowl. I can't remember if you was still dealing with injury then. I don't think he was. I think
1: that's what it was. Yeah. I think that's what it was. He knew he, he was, was never right during the season. Even when he came back, he said he wasn't hundred percent. And then that's why he didn't even end up finishing the season either. So.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I was about, to, I was about to spin the narrative here that he must've already gotten word that he's getting a draft capital. And that's why it's not going out to the senior bowl. Cause he doesn't need to show off more than he already has. But again strong combine performance will help his case out because i think he's mostly uh, when i look around a mock draft he's like a a round three guy but Mm -hmm. again i think with a strong performance which i do think he's gonna have i think he's gonna become a second rounder
1: yeah i absolutely agree with this pick this is a guy who barely played last year um and he's not thought of as a world-class athlete to begin with so he's starting with like a, a low bar already, you know, he's already getting day two love from like a majority of like the draft analysts out there. So like, to me, he has nowhere to go, but up, like if he tests well, if he looks good out there, like he can just go up, he could become like a round two pick, you know, especially with the lack of size uh, at, at the top of this class. So I really enjoy that pick. I don't love my third pick. I don't think I even want to talk about it, but I just said that, um, with Jameer Gibbs, I think this one just can come, comes down to size for me where if he hits that like that 205 mark, I think he could really solidify himself as a potential like back end first round candidate with like his blend of skills and, you know, the electric, athleticism. So I think he could potentially push himself into the first round, but still we're talking about a guy who's probably locked in a day two, probably locked into being the RB two in the draft. There's not really a lot of places to climb, which is why I didn't really love uh, uh, talking about him, but I did just want to mention that.
0: Now, my last guy, I did have Zach Evans here. Um, because he's he's a guy that's, you know, been, quote, on and off, hurt. You know, he he's kind of been saving himself. Doesn't want the full workload. But he's not going to the combine. That was a little frustrating because I am a very staunch, like, Zach Evans supporter. He was my RB2 for a while. I moved him down to RB3, which is still probably considered high in the industry. Uh, but a strong combine performance would have made everyone forget about his minor red flags and would have been, you know, just pouring over themselves talking about how good of an athlete he is. But he's not doing that. He's doing a pro day. So even if he does have an amazing pro day, people are going to be like, oh, it was a pro day, hand-timed, blah, blah, mm. blah, all that, all the other excuses. So as a Zach Evans supporter, man, I am asking Zach Evans to please help me help you, okay? I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to be on your team. He's trying to leave as much up in the
1: air as possible. So it's like, if you like him, you better just keep liking him all the way until he's not giving you any reason to change off of that, but he's not giving you any reason to feel better about it either. If you don't. So yeah, Yeah. I agree. It's going to be a tough evaluation for Evans. I I think he was like, uh, Dane Brugler, I think released his top 100 guys. I think he wasn't even in it if I remember correctly. So that there's definitely some, um, so some guys on either side of the fence on that one. I don't think take was in it too. So again, two guys with a lot of guys to, with a wow. lot of things to prove. Talking about your your top end of here that you're saying uh, could could benefit from a strong performance. So,
0: all right, let's get on to let's get on to the next one. Here. Let's talk about the exact opposite. Who has the most to lose at the combine here? So guys that I personally already perceive kind of at the top of their value that I think may be lost here. Let me start off. I'm gonna start off with Bryce Young here. Bryce Young, who's not going to participate in the drills, but he's not an athlete, he's not a specimen. Um, there's already questions about his size, uh, so it's kind of one of those guys that you look at and you kind of like think to yourself, like if you don't show up to the combine, like maybe you drop from like second overall to fourth overall. Uh, but if he like goes there and just looks average as far as a prospect goes, I could see him falling a handful of picks in the draft. Uh, so I, I'm worried about Bryce Young looking looking average even though he has absolute elite tape
1: yeah i think the word loss here is a bit of a stretch right like (laughs) i think he probably goes top five regardless of, of what happens here he just might lose that number one slot with with a bad weigh in, right? I mean, the the list of quarterbacks that have been successful at the NFL level that are under six feet and under 200 pounds um, is is
0: pretty minimal. It's just, I don't it's just no like process. Murray and, and and GMs too. Like, there's still some old school GMs out there that want the big guy. You know, I know Chris yeah. jokes around saying that he got good in shorts. You know, so yeah, <laughs> so I <don't laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're if you're gonna shorts. bank on a yeah, if you're going to
1: bank on a guy to two bucks, some of those trends, it's definitely Bryce Young, you know, so so we'll see what happens with him. He he definitely could lose a little bit, but I don't think he falls out of the top five regardless. I just think uh, an organization is going to be putting a lot of faith in those lower numbers by taking them that high. So <laughs> we'll see what happens there. My first guy here with a lot to lose, in my opinion, here is, is Sean Tucker, uh, running back over at Syracuse. And I think, I think there's enough questions around him already that – if he comes into the combine underweight at all, or doesn't test like we think he does, he could plummet to day three and, and, and far down a day three. I mean, I remember this was a kid who was like 170 pounds as a recruit, uh, only listed at 205 pounds at the beginning of this year. Um, now he's listed at 210. So assuming he's actually jumped to that 210, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Um, there is, you know, a realm where he tests like we all think and hits that weight number, but, I think most people already expect that. And he's still a borderline day two guy. So I think there's a possibility that he could see his stock plummet if everything doesn't go to plan.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. He's he's towing a very, very thin line here. Talking about looking good in shorts, I'm going over to Will Levis. Will Levis, uh, by some not named Mike Valerie, I, I certainly am not one of them, think that he's a first-round talent here. If he goes to combine and just looks average, I think he's also going to lose stock here. I think he's... Similar to to Sean Tucker, where he's inflated, well, no, actually Sean Tucker not inflated, but he's inflated so high, people have such high expectations that the whiff of disappointment, uh, will will start wavering some in the crowd and we'll start seeing him come down a little bit. But uh, I do think he has some to lose here. I also think he has some to lose because Anthony Richardson is going to look really good at this combine, and so he's going to look much worse out of the uh, two project quarterbacks after after this week.
1: Yeah, the only thing with him is that he's already set the bar so damn low. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you could be—he'll throw a bad throw and be like, "Well, we saw that on tape, and we still loved him and talked about him like a top ten pick." So um, that's the only thing with him being a little bit of a loser, is because he's—I think he—he he, he could impress if he—if he throws the ball well and stuff like that too. But he's definitely one of the most polarizing guys in the, in this draft for a lot of people. Um, my last guy—I think—I think Mike has a couple more guys, but my last guy here. Um, is TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnston, who, who who could lose at the combine, I think. I think at one point, this guy was kind of thought of as the locked-in number one wide receiver to go in this draft, right, especially towards the end of the regular season. Um, but I think as people have taken a closer look, myself included, there's a lot of inconsistencies to his, to his game, right? It's inconsistent hands, inconsistent physicality, um, doesn't always use his, his frame to his advantage, I think most people are banking on the size speed ratio here and the, and with the upside that comes with it, right? He, he looks like an extremely good athlete for a size, very rare movement skills and, and fluidity. But if for any reason, he doesn't test like we think, you know, maybe similar to like the Traylon Burks thing last year, who, you know, still went in the first round, but still, uh, especially in the, in the dynasty community, he all of a sudden had a bunch of guys who were, who were doubting him uh, after that, after that, uh, he tested the way he did. Um, so I think this a similar thing could possibly happen to Johnson if he doesn't test like we think he's going to do. Maybe even in the actual draft. Um, although I, I still think his upside probably leaves him as a back end first rounder at worst.
0: I like the call out, and I like the association there with Burks and how Burks performed because Burks was like a like a build up speed guy and he was just yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, I do have a few here on my list. I'm I'm gonna start off with the top here. Tank Dell. Tank Dell had a great Senior Bowl performance. People loved his one his single one-on-one clip that they they love to hold on to. Uh, I, I'm not confident that he's as fast as people think he is as far as a guy that's very – if you're going to be undersized, and undersized for me is is sub 5'10", so pretty much 5'9 and under, uh, 5'9 and a half and under, you have to be an uber athlete. I mean, looking at like Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you have to be that level of an athlete for me to really think you're going to make an impact to the next level. Uh, so I do think Tank Dell is not a burner – um, and he generates so much hype that I do think once he shows that he's maybe an average level athlete for his size, it, he's going to clearly become more of a day three guy thought of as maybe a special teams player. Um, going on to my next one, though, tight end Michael Mayer. We talk about his athletics a lot, at least not us personally, but it was talked about a lot in season as far as what his ceiling is. So. I am concerned about his performance. Like if he just absolutely has like a Jalen Watermeyer performance, which I don't think he does, but if he has one of those where it's just really just terrible, this does tank him a little bit. Cause I think, I think we assume he's like in a slightly above average athlete, but if he doesn't test there, like if he's just below that, if he's just an average athlete, I do think he will lose some money. This is a more fun tight end class. As we already talked about at the top of this show. Good job, Corey for that one, by the way, (laughs) this is, this is a, this is a good tight end class. So, and then my last one here is going to be Devin Achain running back from Texas A&M. I'm saying that he could be a potential loser because uh, he has to pick running fast or being the required size. <laughs> um, so if he yeah. picks the size one, and shows up like Jalen Rager did. He's not going to do well for testing. But if he wants to keep that track and just be the speacher that he is and what his profile is, uh, then he'll do just fine. But I think he has, the most to lose depending on which route he goes. So that'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, this is a very, very rare circumstance because I don't believe this at all. But he could also be a loser if he comes in at the weight that we think and then doesn't run the time that we think he runs. Then it's just like all bets are off. Like then it's really bad. So he could lose with a bad 40 as well and bad athletic testing by staying at the same weight as well. So there's a lot of avenues for him. Again, another one of these really polarizing guys in this draft.
0: Yeah, he's on a he's on a thin rope, man. Thin line he's got to walk. But let's let's head on over to tonight's game, dude. Let's get on over to the forty yard dash game. Me and Corey pulled up some over unders. We're gonna have a little conversation between the two of us. If I win, Corey's got to buy me a a lawnmower, and if if he wins, I'll buy him a snowblower. <laughs> okay, so- <laughs> I need a new
1: one. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> do you really i do yeah these 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 uh snowfalls out here are hard on these
0: systems man yeah crunching <laughs> up those moose antlers or whatever <laughs> <laughs> all right uh but no we will do a competition i just don't know what were the prizes but we'll talk about that later so we're doing 40 times we'll start off with the qb position and we're gonna start off with cj stroud his over under is 4.72 Corey do you think he runs over or under a 472
1: okay i think as we go we got to go back and forth then okay so if i pick the first one you got it yeah you know what i mean so like because because yeah we never talked about this we don't know anything we're playing as purely as a game so um so with stroud i am gonna go with at 4.72 i'm going with over Mm. yeah um you can give your pick and then I'll uh and then we can get into it a little bit if you want to. Okay.
0: I'm gonna go under. I we were pretty shocked by the athlete that Justin Fields was. Uh we did see CJ show some athleticism, his final game there at Ohio State. I do think he surprises us by being a little faster than we think he is. CJ Stroud yeah. is gonna be under for me. Yeah, I don't think that he. He's like a
1: crazy athlete at all. Like I think he moves pretty well, but we're even talking about college. We see guys like Baker move around really well. We see other guys like it's just a different level of athlete. And then like we were even looking at the quarterbacks, some of the speeds they ran before the show started, yeah. you know, like Daniel yeah, Jones is a 4.8, uh, Josh Allen's a 4.75. And these guys move pretty well. That's kind of the range I think a Stroud in. So I think I'm okay going with over here and just seeing, I think he's going to be like, a, I think he can be around that range, but well, I'll go over here. At least we got a different answer. <laughs>
0: All right, we'll head on over to Will Levis, who's just, you know, one tenth of a second slower. His over under is going to be 4.73. I'll start off by saying, I think Will Levis runs under this. I think he's slower than a 4.73. Give me the over.
1: Over, eh?
0: Yeah, I know I said it under, but I meant, I mean, he's, yeah, he's slow. I'm saying he's slow. He's slow. He's molasses. You think he's slower than Stroud? Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really? Okay. I'm,
1: I'm going uh, – I'll all take under here. Is, I'm going to take All under that here. main gonna is going to weigh him down. Yeah, I'm going to take under here with Levis. Are you doing just, that just because I
0: picked the over, man? No,
1: I'm not doing it just because that. I think that he's more of an athlete than Stroud is, but we'll see. Um, all right. Yeah, 4-3 is a nice number. I think that they gave him a good number. I could see like 4.7 flat. So, like, I'm not thinking he's like a 4-6 athlete. I'm just thinking he might come under that number.
0: Okay. All right, all right. Uh, this next one's gonna be hard, so I'm excited to hear you answer this one first. Oh. The over/under for Anthony Richardson is gonna be four, four, five.
1: Oh, I don't know why I had to get this one first. I am gonna say, I almost want to push it, but that's not even a, an option, I guess. I'm gonna say over, and not over by a lot. I'm just going to say that he's within that 4.45 to 4.5 range because this is a guy who tested as a 4.5 as a recruit. So I think that he's definitely around the age, but he's a big guy too. So I'd be I'd be surprised if he ran a Justin Fields-esque time, like the low 4.4s, but I think he'll still be pretty good.
0: Yeah, I like this one a lot. I think they really set a hard line here on this one. I am going to go under. I just... I keep thinking about last year's tracks being juiced, and he is a yes. great athlete. He has to know that he—that's his ticket to the pros. So I think he has to be training more for the combine than other guys were in this class. So I, I am going to go with uh, the un- for Anthony Richardson. I'm not feeling great about it. By the way, I, just, <laughs> I, I think he's sub four or five. I don't think he's sub four or four. Like he's in that range, yeah. and they just, yeah. they just put the line right in the middle. Let's head on over to Bryce Young, Mighty Mouse here. The over under is set at four point five eight. Corey, do you think he's faster or slower than that? You're supposed to pick here.
1: Well, technically, actually, this one doesn't matter. Oh. I can choose it. That, that's fine. You can start the next round because okay. technically he's not going to run. So they set it at four point five eight, which is absolutely ridiculous. He'll never hit a four point five eight. I don't think he will. <laughs> I think he'd be like four point. He'd be like a four six athlete. I think. I think he's got some. He's got some movement skills, but four point five eight is ridiculous to me.
0: What would you say? Uh, I think, yeah, I think he's a little bit slow here too. I think he's in the four yeah. sixes. Yeah, he's. But just let's head
1: to, let's head to the others. Let, let's talk about the things we can talk about him though. Okay, so over under six feet with Bryce Young.
0: Um. Oh, under. Sorry, that's that's easy. That was okay. Yeah, so easy, we're we're under. we're
1: going to be the same on that one. So that's fine. Here's the harder okay. one: over under 195 pounds. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jamani where your
1: mouth is? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? All right, I'll oh, go first man. here. I'll go first here. Okay, I okay. think he's gonna come in over.
0: I'll take. I'll take the under. What did he play at this year? What did they list him as this year? One ninety four. Okay, I, I, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. Okay, just to mix
1: it up, I guess. Yeah, yeah so I'll take. The
0: I, I think he's above <laughs> one ninety. He's definitely not touching two hundred. Man, they do this to me again, where I'm kind of like in between. <laughs> All right, let's head over to the wide receivers then. Okay, uh, we're, we're, we're going to go with – oh, sorry. Yeah, go, no, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I think – well, yeah. technically I'm going to give this one to you because Bryce Young was kind of a cheat because he's not actually racing. So I'm, I'll am i give you the first one with Jackson Smith and the Jigba. And this one didn't have a price pick line, so we just set it ourselves. We're setting it at 4.5 flat.
0: What say you? I, over, think, under. I think he's under.
1: You think he's under 4.5, eh? Yeah, I think he's gonna gonna going to be upper over. four. 4 i'm going over Ooh. i think he might be like a four or like i think he's right there but i think that's i think yeah. that's probably where he's going i
0: think at. he's like a four seven four eight
1: yeah okay yeah we'll <laughs> see we'll see what happens. that's that's insane <laughs> i like how
0: we're so <laughs> split on this dude this is doing great so far. all right let's head on over to jordan addison his over under is four four flat
1: <sighs> i gotta start this one eh? four four flat yeah.
0: i'm going over I'm going under, dude. You can't be be 170 pounds and not running a sub 4-4. Oh, I don't know if he's going to break. Okay, that's fair. He could be like a 4.41, which is fine because I'll still win. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, yeah, that's fine. There's no – I think he's – yeah. I mean, definitely not 4-4-4. 4-4-3 feels too slight. Yeah, okay, I'm going – I'm sticking with my under. I'm good.
1: Okay. Let's head over. over. This is the hardest one probably in this group. Jalen Hyatt set at a 4-3 flat. Over under,
0: I had to start this one, and I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm a huge hater. I'm just gonna go over. Okay, I'm just gonna go over just because I don't like him as a player.
1: 4 3 flat is a tough number to hit. If there's any way that can do it, it's probably him. Under would be hard though. That's you're talking about who's a four, was it two, like John Ross time? Well, he's John the he's obviously no, no. record breaker. No, he's 4.22, uh, isn't he? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Taekwon last year, what was he?
1: Oh, I can't even remember 4.29. Yeah. He might be yeah. the 4.29 guy. Yeah. Okay. You know what? To be different. I'm going to take the under there. Let's see if he can, okay. if he can do it. He's, he's freaking talked up like this big speedy guy. So let's go there. Go
0: All under right. Under All under right. Uh, let's head on over to Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, his line set at four, four, three, which leads me to believe the industry doesn't think his ankles and injury are a problem anymore for, uh for athleticism. But, uh, do I I start this one or do you start this one? I'll
1: start this one. I'm going under.
0: <sighs> okay, I'm going under as well. I'm not. Even...
1: Okay, so that nah, that one's easy. But this was a uh, guy I think before the ankle injury was testing in like the four three. So we might be on the same track there. Yes, Hopefully yes. that he runs. Uh, he's back to that, but of course there is some risk there. But yeah, that one will be a wash anyways.
0: <laughs> it's also been very weird that uh, like LSU has been consistent in the four three nines. You know, yeah. Marshall, Justin <laughs> Dixon, Anyway, all of them four three nines consistently. Uh, yeah, I think he's sub 443. Let's head on over to Quentin Johnston. His line is set at 444. Four, four. Do I start this one or do you start this I one? I think your ear up on this one, yeah. I think he beats this under. Give me the under. I think he's over.
1: Oof. I think I think he's gonna be in that range again. A guy that probably won't, he's not gonna break four five, but I think he'll probably be, he might be higher than four four four.
0: I think he's like a four-four-two guy. I think he's not quite four-four, but I think he's like a four-four-two.
1: That would be nice to see. So I'm hoping for that. You're correct, but I'm taking the over. Yeah. Okay. Um, next guy here, we're looking at Josh Downs at a UNC. They've set his time at four point three eight, and I guess I'm going first here, and that is a tough number. I am going with the over.
0: This is too hard. This is too hard. This is <laughs> this too is a, hard.
1: These last couple
0: names here are hard here on the end of this list. I do think he's like sub four four, but like do I think he's like a four three five? No, I don't. So give me. I think this is gonna be a push. I think he's gonna run a four three eight. Give me, give me the under though. I'll give, I'll give me the under. Just to be contrarian. I'm, I'm okay. gonna do the under. That's fair. I'm gonna do the under. All right, who we got next? Zay Flowers, four point three
1: seven, so one tenth of a second slower or faster than Downs. Give me the over. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over too. That's that's fine. It's just hard to to beat that type of speed. Like I don't know. I'm he might. We got juiced up track, so we'll <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah. But he I, definitely I strikes more, me as more like a like a faster quick. short area guy. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. More he's quick. Way. he's not like a straight line burner. Yeah. I got you i can't say he's not a burner he's fast but he's not yeah fast. all right let's head on over to nebraska trey palmer here four three seven Um, uh, i'm going i'm going over by the way start i'm going over this is over a. this is another another tough one i'm going under <laughs> okay that's an easy point for me man yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see uh, this I think I think he's
0: a four, four, five, four, 4 guy. I think he's a mid four. We'll four. see.
1: That one might that one might be wrong for me, but um, you'll see All why right. I then, chose him. You'll see why I chose him anyways when we end up <laughs> talking about our, our last question. <laughs> <But> that's fine. <laughs>
0: the Last one here. This is this is self set. Right? We set this one ourselves as well. Yeah, we set this one. Yeah. Uh, we set this one ourselves. Cedric Tillman, We set this at four five. Flat. Four five flat, and I am going.
1: You know what he kind of reminds me of like like a Cortland Sutton type. Cortland Sutton was like a four, five, two. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like the range that I think Tillman is kind of in. So I'm going over on this one. Mm.
0: I want to go over as well. I think the same thing. I think he's low four five. Yeah. So we're 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 uh, pretty even there. So wait, wait, wait. What if we what if we move the line to four five two? 453. 453. We're moving the line we're right now. Move, we're not
1: moving the line. Why? I just You just heard my explanation saying he's like a 452 guy, and now you're going to give me a harder number.
0: <laughs> we thought the same thing. Clearly we didn't oh, say we good did. Line. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right, actually. So we did think the same thing. At 4.52. No, no, we no, no, been no. Let's make it 453. 453,
0: bro. 453. Four, 453. I'm going under.
1: I'll go under at 453.
0: i think he's a four five five i think oh, okay man, I that's fair
1: that's fair though he, could be. he I'll, could be i'll take the
0: over i'll take the over take the you over. have to wonder how much training he's
1: been doing too with that ankle for for what it's worth he is supposed to be doing all yes. of the the drills or whatever but i i don't know how much training time he's had repairing that ankle as well so it could be a slower time really but um now talking about trey palmer this kind of brings us to our last question of the wide receivers because that's our finish for our wide receiver groups but We are going to pick one name for five bonus points of the fastest player outside of Jalen Hyatt in this group. I'm selecting first, and I'm going with Trey Palmer because this guy was a track athlete, super fast, hit the fastest time at the Senior Bowl as well. Um, I think he's a speedster, um, and I think he'll test very well. So he's going to be my pick here.
0: I like it. I do. I struggled with almost picking one of the Cincinnati wide receivers. I really did. Mm -hmm. I think they're good picks. Um, but I thought it'd be a little bit more fun, a little spicy, and bring back an old name that was hyped up by some, but not by me. Okay, Andre Yoshivas. Oh, oh, come on. Track athlete (laughs) himself, very fast guy. I'm gonna bring him in. I I I think he runs a sub four four. Uh, he had a terrible senior bowl performance, so he knows he has to knock this one out of the park to get some draft capital. But yeah, give me Andre Yoshivas. (laughs) <laughs> Let's head on over to the running backs, man. Let's talk about Bijan. Bijan's 40 times listed at 4 or 5 flat. Uh, am I the one starting on this one? I think I am. Go ahead. It's going to be under for me. I think he's, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's under 4 or 5. Yeah, I think I'm
1: there too. There was some skepticism that like he might run higher than that, but I think he's he's seen all of it. I think he knows all of it. I think he's training his ass off to hit a low number. Mm-hmm. It might be more like 448 or 449 or something. That's like what that. I'm thinking. Yeah, but I think he I think he's definitely got a chance to go under 4'5. So the next guy here that might be a little more interesting, Jameer Gibbs at 4.38. Okay. Uh I am
0: taking the over on that one. that's such a good line that's a good line dude do you think so I think
1: so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I don't want to influence your decision here but yeah you can you can take it right <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't see him being like a four three seven guy but I think I could see him being a sub four four guy I'm gonna go with the over as well I'm sorry I am
1: yeah I don't know if he's got that in him I think I kind of think of his athleticism kind of like he's Similar to Zay Flowers in a sense, where I think he's very quick in short areas, but I don't know if that long speed is there. We'll see. I mean, a forty-yard dash isn't exactly long, but
0: yeah, we'll let's see. to um, the, the oh, bonus we, question we, here. Yeah, bonus question for, for Gibbs. Yeah, the over/under on his weight. Uh, it's we're setting it at two hundred five, personally. So let's let's hear it from oh. me or you first. From me first. Um, I I don't mind going. I will say
1: uh this is a kid who knows that this is one of his problems right he's at alabama i'll, I'll just interrupt right here.
0: now man i'm going over i saw I'm a picture there. of him next i'm there day. dude i'm there the, the ah. kenny Macintosh
1: <laughs> picture right you're talking yeah, about yeah, yeah
0: yeah where he looked almost the same size as him i
1: mean pictures can be deceiving let's let's get that out of the way yeah as well. dude, i'll look at
0: you know, you know those quads dude. i don't think his quads are quite kenny Macintosh's size but i think yeah he, I think Macintosh 206, comes 207 in. maybe. somewhere yeah, like I that think right he's, I he's 208 good. max. Yeah, I think that's where he comes in at.
1: Yeah, I'm in a green slayer, yeah.
0: All yeah. right, let's head on over to Devin Achain here. The fastest time here for running back, set at four two nine. Does he beat it, or does he come bricked up like Jalen Rager to the draft? <laughs> that's a tough one, but if there's anybody to beat a time like
1: this, it's going to be him, so I'm going with under.
0: Me too. Me too. Yeah. He he he's can't world, come in
1: bigger. No, he's a world class yeah. athlete. I mean, he's yeah,
0: yeah, ten point zero seven
1: hundred meter times or something like it's insane. He he's different. He's got to
0: know his money makers, his speed. There's no reason for him to really put on that weight, even if he can't, if He can't even get close to it. He shouldn't do it. And not to mention that he's been. Oh, actually, never mind. We'll we'll actually go right into it. We also set a line for his weight. Corey wanted to set it much higher, so I think I already know his answer. But we set it at one ninety three over under for Devin Achin's weight
1: yeah so obviously you you obviously let it go there but I think he will come in higher I don't know if he'll break 200 but I wonder if it's like the James Cook thing I think James Cook came in in like 199 or 198 yeah. or something yeah, like that I think I, I think he could come in somewhere around there 193 gives me a little more room because I was thinking 195 so 193 gives me some good room
0: okay James, Cook, James Cook lost all that weight, by the way, by the time season started, like he just, Oh yeah. He's already listed at
1: 190 pounds on the bills. Yeah. I was just going over this with somebody else. Yeah. He's already listed back at 190 pounds. That's just playing weight. That's what a chain will probably be the same thing. I,
0: I think he comes in under this. I do think he's a track athlete. He's trained as a track athlete. His body is used to just eating so many calories from being the athlete that he is. I think he'll struggle to actually put on weight just as a runner. This kind of just runners in general struggle putting on weight. So I, I don't think he hits 193. um, I actually think he might be sub 190. So I feel very good about saying that he's sub 193.
1: So is that baked into your like ranking or, or, or uh, like vision of him, his, your projection of him? Or does your ranking bake in the fact that you hope he's higher?
0: Oh, no. Yeah. No, I, I don't think he comes close to like my weight thresholds. So yeah, really? I guess this is, okay. this is, yeah. I have a little bit
1: baked in that I'm hoping he's coming in a little bit higher. I don't know if it would drop him for me. We'll see what I, when it ends up happening, but yeah, that's a little bit baked into me. But anyways, let's go on to the next guy. Another small speedster type, this guy from the G five instead heading over to ECU talking about Keaton Mitchell. They've set his time at 4.35. What say you Mike over or under? I'm going to go a little spicy here. I'm going to say under. Under. Yeah. He's definitely fast. Sometimes it's hard to tell on those on that G5 tape though. So I'm gonna go with over, but I think he could break 4-4. Like he'll be like a 4-3-7 or something like that. But I don't know if he'll break
0: 4-3-5. I think he's a low 4-3 for me personally. I think he's like a 3-2, 3-3.
1: He could be. I wish I watched more of him, but to be honest, I've never been in on Mitchell and I probably never will be. I'll probably never own a share. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't spent uh, much this- time looking at him to be
0: honest. <laughs> Let's head on over to Pitt running back. Uh, Izzy Abanaconda, he said at 443. Um, hmm.
1: so this one will be me and I think dude, I think the dude looks fast, fast as bleep on tape. Honestly, I really yeah. do. So I'm gonna go lower than
0: 4.43. Okay, it's a hard number. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go lower as well. I do. I do think he's fast as well. I think he's a low four four guy, but I think he's like you know one one two or three. Yeah. Let's head on over to Zach Charbonnet. His line is set at four five two. I think I am. Oh yeah, this is you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think he's a build up speed type of runner. I I Mm -hmm. do like he has fast feet. I just don't think he's quick off the line like that. So I'm gonna go with the over. I think he's gonna be a mid to late four five.
1: It's a tough number because I think my hopes for him are that he's like a four, four, eight, four, four, nine. But he could definitely be like a four five five. Maybe just to mix it up a little bit, I'm gonna go under because I, I do hope that he actually comes in under because it would be it'd be more impressive at his size. And like I was yeah. talking about at the beginning, he'd be a big winner from that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like a with lower than that.
0: All right. And let's head on over to our last running back here. Let's talk about Sean Tucker. Uh, did we did we set this one ourselves? I think we did. We did, yeah. This is another self-set. Yeah. Sean Tucker is set at 4-4 four, four flat. I believe you start on this one. 4-4 four, four flat for Tucker.
1: Man, that's a hard one. This guy's also a track athlete. I'm worried he's gonna come in underweight as well. And coming in underweight as well means you're probably gonna run fast, which is probably
0: what he's trying to do. I'm going to go under. Oof, I was going to go under as well. I do think he's a high 4'3 area. Let's yeah. talk about his weight, though. I mean, You just mentioned it. Our, our uh, setup line for this is going to be over under 205 pounds. Yeah, I mean, I just set myself up anyway,
1: so I'm going under on that because I think he is going to be under. But it's, it's a tough line. He, he'll he be over 200, but I don't know if he'll reach 205.
0: We'll see. I think he's over. I think he comes in do at I? Yeah, I think he comes in at like 208 and still keeps that track athlete. He just puts on the three pounds. I think he's training to probably hit that high speed. It's Again, it's that battle
1: of is he training so hard to run fast or is he trying to make an impression with his weight? And for me, for some reason, I feel like he's going to want to try to run faster. So we'll see what happens there. But um, that'll lead us to uh, the end of our running backs. And the bonus question again. So we need a name. Fastest outside of Devin to chain or Keaton Mitchell in the running back group, four or five bonus points. Mike's gonna go first
0: on this one. I have to, I have to pull up my ranking sheet for running backs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be Mo Ibrahim. Not time <laughs> oh, <laughs> <come on>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's give fastest, me fastest, not slowest. Give me, I think this is gonna be an obvious one. I hope I'm not. Cheating here, I'm gonna say deuce Vaughn, deuce Vaughn is gonna be my pick here for fastest forty times.
1: See, that's interesting because he's one that when I watched, when I've watched him over the years, because I own him a lot in C 2 C as well. Is I don't know if he has the long speed that everybody says he does. I think he's quick, but I don't know. I've seen him get tracked from behind. I don't mm-hmm. know. That'll be an interesting one. I think. I was, for me, I was it- stuck
0: on him or another name, so I'm excited to hear what you're gonna say.
1: Well, we talk about my guy. So if he's not on this list, then it's not going to be the guy. But I am I know, not cheating here. I just think that this guy has shown some blazing speed on tape, and I think that's a Bonaconda.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Okay, I was going to say Sean Tucker. I was, yeah, I think – I don't know if he uh, – I mean, it's a little bit of a shot in the dark, but that guy has some freaking juice. I think he could be a 4-3 guy.
0: Okay, all right. That wraps up our little game here. Uh, one point per each one of the bonus points. We said at five. That sounds like a lot. We gotta lower that. But <laughs> That's hard question. to hit. That's
1: one name though. That's hard to hit. Five bonus points. I like it.
0: Uh, okay. All right. All right. Five bonus points. If we actually hit it, <laughs> not if we don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we will compare these next week. We will make a contest out of it. Maybe we'll get a tattoo like Chris. We'll get a tattoo of oh, Chris Moxley. What if we did that? There we go. We'll do something. A Mount, we'll do something fun. A Mount Rushmore of the founders. Just all yeah. all seven <laughs> of <along>. them. <laughs>
1: right across the back big back plate just
0: yeah austin right in the middle we'll make them caricatures too yeah Yeah. good stuff Uh, yeah i like it if any of you guys have any interest in knowing the exact schedule though there's plenty of media interviews and and general tidbits throughout the week but the important stuff really doesn't kick off until thursday uh for our purposes at least Corey, did you want to go over the schedule coming up
1: Uh, Sure. I guess I'll just go over quickly. Thursday, you're going to have quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends just doing medical exams and broadcast interviews. Friday, that same group is moving on to team interviews, and then you'll get the running back group doing the medicals and their broadcast interviews. Saturday is where you finally get some workouts. Um, the quarterback, wide receiver, tight end group will be getting measured, so that'll be a big day on Saturday. Um, you'll also get the on-field workouts there, so the 40 time, things like that. Uh, running backs are still only on team pre uh, interviews during Saturday. Sunday is when you're going to get the running back measurements and on-field workouts, including the 40. Um, the quarterback, wide receiver, and tight end group, I don't know why they separated this now, but on Sunday they are doing their bench press instead of doing it on Saturday with the uh, on-field workout um so i'm not sure why that's happening but it's also happening to the running backs um on monday who will be doing their bench press just their bench press on monday before they depart so that'll be your entire schedule for the combine definitely a little bit more of an interest in getting it more on the weekend compared to last year i think they're really trying to uh rack up the money there
0: i do like how they're trying to split up the workouts uh just so they're not getting overly tired you know no one wants to bench press and then go right into a sprint so i kind of like how they're doing that,
1: that could be the reason why actually that's a smart thought see there's a reason i keep you around.
0: yeah yeah <laughs> because like the army physical fitness test they're like you get a two-minute break and you gotta go disavow yeah. you're like you got i actually think breath. that was
1: that that was a complaint last year wasn't it that everything was too yeah. compact yeah yeah so that makes nobody sense wanted,
0: actually no we wanted to go all out back to back like that yeah uh so uh before before we head out we want to give a special shout out to chris moxley thank you so much for helping us out with our our tight end evaluation you're a real one the mvp mm-hmm. the not the worst founder, probably one of the best founders, honest to God. So. In our founder rankings, we'll able to release those one well of these days. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I think he moves up. He might be tier two now. Yeah, so. he might be
1: tier two now. Yeah.
0: But that wraps up our show for today, guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, next week, we'll probably go over the combine results, talk about how this affects our rankings and stuff like that. Probably go over RAS scores, be a little bit more 2023 focused next week. Uh, go ahead and make sure you guys check out that freshman guide again it's $20 to get the freshman guide free if you're a member for nil or or one of the other tiers too I and you might as well just buy a subscription honestly for the whole year because then you get our guide the debbie guide and then you get the cff guide too it's just a ton of content over at campskin.com freshman guide dropping tomorrow be excited these guys knock it out of the park two years in a row hey technically from- that
1: that that is
0: dropping today because it's wednesday <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right yeah <laughs> well guys it's too late for me i need to go to bedtime so from Corey and i good night and good luck